Welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by Cynthia Culver and Jeff Straza. Guys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to y'all. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Good. So fun to be here. Yeah, it's a gloomy day in Dallas, but we'll try to bring the energy today. I like the conversation we're going to have. We are going to talk about values. And if anybody has been listening to all of our episodes, at the end of the episode with Nathan, where we talked about a leader's relationship with money, you and I had some banter. All three of us, really. We had some banter. We got very excited about a conversation saying, we are going to record this. And um, I will hear podcast hosts do that sometimes where they say, oh, we're going to record an episode on that and it's going to be awesome. And they never do it. Right? Oh, we're wow. doing so it today. We're doing it today. Today. So today we're going to talk about values. And the reason we're going to do that is because two of our first guests that we've ever had, and uh, I'm laughing right now because what got edited out of this episode was I just stumbled over the word guests two times. So I've now <laughs> said it two times in a row. Anyway, two of our first guests have, they talked about values. So Loria talked about it and Nathan talked about it. And um, anybody that's out on the internet right now reading anything that's leadershipy, they always hear the leadership gurus talking about get, talking about values. And I think there's a problem with them, right? Wait, okay, what do you think the problem is? I think the problem is that it is too complicated when people talk about values. Yeah, everybody's got their own theory. They're yeah. trying to come bring their thing at you and throw it at you. I mean, so what, what would be an example, Jeff, of something like this exercise that you've heard that you need to do to try to determine your core values or your values in life? Well, typically it involves some sort of visioning exercise and where you're, you're journaling or you're writing or you're mind dumping and you're making lots of things. And those things aren't bad to do, but, but a lot of times we get, we're like, I don't have time for that or do it on a Saturday morning. No way. Yep. And how about you? What I was going to say, I, I did a little research last night, and I and I came upon an exercise that was listing out, okay, what are the top three things that you're most proud of or, or whatever? And then you go through and you kind of pick that apart, like, what were you satisfied about? What were you proud of? What made you happy? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then from there, picking the value in it. And so, so there are just so many ways to yes. go about it. There's I mean, a lot of good I, ways. I, yeah, there, there really, really are. are. Yes. I, so I think that's part of the problem is that there are so many good ways. So we get overwhelmed yeah. again and don't take the first But here's step. what I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume that our listeners right now are busy. Uh, they've got stuff going on. They've got tasks that they need to get done. And they don't have four hours to Correct. just sit around on a Saturday morning and journal with some coffee and, and pick <laughs> apart their childhood and try to figure out what it is that they actually value. Now, again, that's a great process to go through, and it could be helpful, and it might lead you there. When I hear all of these different things like that, it just puts pressure on me of going, so I got to pick three words, and I got to live by these three words for the rest of my life. Like yeah. That feels like a tremendous amount of pressure. I have trouble picking out cereal in the morning. Yes, right? or and you what have am to I... tattoo them. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's that serious. And I just, I, what I, so what we want to do with this episode is we want to demystify some things. And I just want, when leaders listen to this, I want there to be a collective sigh of relief, right? Of just going, thank you. Like I want, I want so many thank you emails to come in. <laughs> yeah. for oh, this well, they're one. already starting to come in. Is that in. a they desire are. or a goal? No, I think that's a, a desire. It is a goal. I can control this, right? So, no, it's a desire. But I, I think it's really helpful. So values are important, but it doesn't have to be complicated. That's right. It doesn't have to be complicated. And so hopefully we can motivate people. So I think that's one problem that's out there with co- with core values right now. Is it? It just sounds so complicated. I think another one, and this is what really got us going at the end of that one episode with Nathan. Nobody lives by one set of values for every aspect of their life, right? Right. Well, and yeah, not to mention the fact that they change over time. You know, they're not necessarily the same ones that you've had your whole life. And so I think that complicates it. Yeah. So, I mean, your core values at work and what you want out of a career 
Jeff, are probably different than what you want out of a marriage. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I think that there are some universal values people can hold that go, you know, and I think that that's, uh, you know, I think the more mature you are, the more, you know, insightful you are about those two roles, then that's great. But, you know, a lot of times when leaders are, are trying to be effective in their roles, they're they struggle, you know, they struggle with trying to find the balance between the two. Yep, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, my, my three words that I might pick for what I want out of a career are very different than what I want out of a vacation and different than what I want my home to be like and different than what I want my friendships and peer relationships to be like. And so that was that insight that we came up with, Cynthia, that really had gotten us kind of fired up and said, hey, we want to do this, is I, I had an aha moment last fall when I started to realize I have different values for different aspects of my life. Again, I'm not trying to overcomplicate it, but that was helpful to go, all right, these are uh, things that I value for recreation are different than what I want for my uh, business products, you know, and the way that I, I try to serve clients or, and that's different than what I want uh, my marriage to be like. And, and that was some freedom that was helpful to know that they, they uh, not, to, not only do they change over time, but they're different yes. based on your different things that you want out of life, different categories of life. Which again, I keep going back to, I feel like because one of the things I see so much is people get overwhelmed and so they do nothing. And so just you even saying all that, it's like, oh gosh, it's complex. And so the important part is just to do something, which we are going to leave you with today. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff, what happens though in your experience when a leader has not done anything to try to identify core values? What, what are maybe some symptoms that they would be experiencing or some clues? I think one of the symptoms is, is that they tend to be reactive. They react in the moment. They react from their emotions. Um, and, you know, that can be very uh, short-sighted. It can be very detrimental to others. Not that they're bad people necessarily, but it's they're not in tune with a, a more core values around integrity and fairness. I mean, those things are all, we always hear those. Those are pretty universal. But when it comes to other kinds of values around how people need to be treated and influenced and coached and led, um, it can be really overwhelming for leaders if they don't really do the hard work and understanding what's most important to them. Yeah. Cynthia, how about you? What do you see when you work with leaders that have not done any work to try to identify mm-hmm. what they value? I think um, probably having a difficult time making decisions. Actually, what I would say I see is when the opposite, when they do have their values, there's it, you rule out a lot of decisions that are out there for you, whether it's I want to take a job or a job that you know I have to work 60 hours versus 40 hours, or it, it clarifies things for you. So the, it's the positive side of it is that when you do have them, it makes a lot of your big decisions easier. It makes a lot of your small decisions easier. Yeah, yeah. And so so I feel like that's a lot of what I see. So the flip side would be if they don't have it is you're really shooting from the hip. You're like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to make this decision. And so there's a lot of potentially internal conflict. Yeah. You know, there's a sense of um, I do also see a sense of not being satisfied with where they are, maybe because they're not living out their values. Yeah, I think that that's one of the, the one of the telltale signs is that when there's internal conflict with the leader, you can tell they haven't done the hard work of getting clear on their values and then working on the behaviors and the habits that you can live those values out. Yeah, and when you ask them if you sense maybe that there is some of that internal conflict and you ask them, are you okay? Like, what's going on? They can't articulate it. They right. don't know well, why. They may say, oh, I'm just stressed out or I'm busy or I'm an un- underappreciated. They may just sort of describe these symptoms that are going on with them, but they, they don't have clarity as to why there is a disconnect. Yeah, right. which is, hey, I value autonomy and I'm not feeling autonomy right? Yes. or autonomous right now. That's or I right. value clarity and I feel like everything's ambiguous right now or whatever it is. And uh, and so, yeah, that's usually a tell, 
telltale sign that they are struggling with this. I'll give you an example of, I've seen this a number of times where a leader might be in a job that is very confining and rigid and maybe has some strict boundaries and they value freedom and flexibility. And you know what you see? Misery. And and so that's a, that is a way that that plays out is I, if I value that freedom and be able to be autonomous in some way, and I'm in a position, I spend most of my life where I'm confined. I, I, I'm not content. I'm not content. So, so that's an example. Yeah. So some of this is, uh, is a little bit emotional. Some of the negative emotions that you would be feeling if you're feeling those on a consistent basis in any aspect of your life, we'll kind of keep the conversation today focused on our professional aspect of life. But if there are things at work that are constantly frustrating you, this like big picture career stuff that you're just not content, there are some negative emotions there, that might may be a sign that your values are being violated or you're not able to live from your values, you're not feeling like you have the freedom to live from your values, and that would be an indication that maybe you need to do some work and identify what is it that you value because you're not getting that right, right now. That's right. Yeah. I and mean, like, for example, if you have a high, high, high value of integrity and you're in a situation where you feel like you're having to compromise that a lot, yep. you're going to be miserable. Yep. That And that's going to, and it's, if we were talking about symptoms, it's going to come up as internal conflict. Or another example is a high value for family and being present with your kids and, and being able to have time where you're decompressing from your work. And if you're getting increased pressure to work longer hours and travel eventually will come back, right? Um, that's a very common thing that I see happen with professionals is that they want work-life balance, but the the overt messages or sometimes the subtle messages from the employer is, you know, you have to prove yourself, you have to be a high performer in order to really progress in your career. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe uh, the value is you value uh, quiet time to get work done. You like to concentrate. And when the offices start opening back up and you work in a cube farm and you're getting interrupted all the time and you're, you're frustrated by that and you don't know why, it's because of something that you maybe value, like, hey, I need, I need, uh, I need some focus time uninterrupted for 30 or 45 minutes and I'm just, I'm in the high traffic zone, you know, and, and I'm frustrated by that and I don't know why. And it may be that I think value. one of the myths about, you know, values clarification is, is that our, we, we expect our employer our organization to sort of give this to us. We have to have courage and clarity and, and ask for what we need. And kind of to your point a moment ago, Cynthia, if, if at some point there's not a, an alignment and a connection, sometimes we have to make hard choices about whether this is somewhere we need to continue to be. That's right. I, I have to tell you, as we're talking, I'm having a a moment of something I've seen a ton, and it's in women in leadership and women working. And um, I have helped a number of women look at their career that they want. And and internally, they wrestle with, I'm not getting as much time with my kids and family as I want. And there is a real thing that women wrestle with in this and having a career and having a family. And, you know, a lot of times what winds up happening is they're able to, I mean, I've seen it where they go back to their employers and they're like, you know what, I really want to work, but I can't work this much. And their employers come back and they're like, you know what, we're going to give you that. We value you. We And all of a sudden, when they start living their values and they're feeling like I'm working four days a week, not five or whatever. Whatever, they they come alive and it is so it's so fun to see that when they get in alignment. I, I've just read an article yesterday about organizations that are really not just trying to keep up with their competitors on family leaving up, but they're like way out in front. And not just because they're trying to keep talent, but because they're seeing the value added when they really invest in those kinds of programs and benefits that they're gonna get discretionary effort, they're gonna get a, a 
tenfold return on productivity and engagement. Yeah. And to the point that we made earlier about how values change over time, and I think that's a problem because oftentimes when uh, the gurus are talking about values, it makes it sound like, like you said, you tattoo them. Yeah, Yeah. once once and for all. They change over time. Okay. So as a leader, here's what you need to know. Uh, We've gone through a pandemic. We're in the middle of the pandemic. And I bet some things that are changing in your team right now, maybe even in your own life, is values are changing. So let's say your office opens up again at some point here in 2021, and everybody's back in the same room. They are not the same people That's anymore. Right. That's right? right. And you need yep. to, to be patient with that and recognize, okay, these may be different people. That person who... Uh, used to value working on all these projects that they I could always just give them more because they had so much freedom and they loved working late at night. That might be different now, you know, and their values change and we need to allow not only ourselves, but our team to have those changes. I think that's a very timely statement because I think leaders are going to and may underestimate the need to relaunch their teams as they come back into the workplace. The lots mm, of things have changed. Lots of work habits are changing. The the whole uh, perspectives about telecommuting and those kinds of things have changed. And so there's, there's work ahead. Yeah. By the way, telecommuting, that, that word doesn't feel right. Does that feel like is that 2002? No, but it, you're using the right word. I see it on the billboards and everything like telemedicine and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, telemedicine. We're I'm sorry. So How far can you ahead? Do yeah, you know, you're Te- right. Technology wise, nobody's using a telephone, right? Like this isn't, I don't know. I feel like Elon Musk should come up with another word for us on this. But anyway, so I digress there. Um, okay, now we did allude to what is what are some maybe some symptoms and some clues that you are living from your values. And so, Cynthia, you talked about one of them, which was it can make some decision-making easier right, for yeah. you, that when you're faced with a difficult decision, you know, hey, I value autonomy here, or I value collaboration here, or um, I value uh, my personal time here, or family time. So this this decision on this career decision, or whether or not I take on this project or this promotion, it's clear, I know what to do. What are some other clues that you are living from your values that you guys have seen? Well, I think you feel less anxious and, and you feel more secure about um, your decisions, your behaviors. Um, the, the more clarity you have and the more you live out your values, the better you feel about things. And I think paying attention to your feelings uh, is very, very important for leaders to do um, and not just sort of compartmentalize them and put them away somewhere thinking that that's not something I really need to do. It's a very important aspect of leadership is to pay attention to how you feel about how, how you're living out your, your life. That's right. They can be so valuable, those feelings and emotions. Like yes. they, they can be, what was the analogy flag. we were using? Yeah, yeah they well, can they're, be a, they're a flag to tell you, hey, there's something going on that you should pay attention to. And I would say to, to add on, and it's really more confirming exactly what you said, Jeff, is that people feel angst a lot and an internal lack of peace. And then when they're living out their values, there's a peace and there's a joy. And, and there's just a knowing, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing what I know that I need to do. That's right. Or know that I want to do. And so, yeah. So it is a feelings, uh, feelings, you know, feelings get a bad rap, you they know, do, especially, especially in corporate America. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we don't talk about those things, you know, but, but they're so huge in you, they're, they're intended to be a flag for, you know, a, a lot, of, I've heard it said that the least angry people are the people with the best boundaries. And it's like when someone violates your boundary, you do get angry. And yeah. so when you get angry, you need to pay attention. What's going on? What yeah. happened? Sorry, what this boundary? is not about feelings. No, but, but, it, but, but it is. It is. It is. It's all is. And that's where when I, when I uh, talk to organizations and we bring up the concept of emotions, I always look at them and I go, uh, you know, are you guys a nonprofit organization? And, you know, I'll talk to nonprofits, so sometimes they'll go, yes, but uh, in the non- when I'm working uh, with for-profit organizations, they're like, no, yeah, we, we make money. I go, great. 
you have willingly signed up for dealing with the most emotional topic known to humans. Do you understand that? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. I go, so the, the key here is not to eliminate emotion from the workplace. The key is to learn how to navigate when emotion is here because you guys are a for-profit organization. So most of the decisions you're making are about a highly emotional topic, money. That's and great. so it's just part of it. So yeah, I you think can't sometimes leaders just need words because uh, words are tools. And, and when you start saying about emotions and feelings, you know, sometimes that can scare people off. But if you begin to talk about what is your concern, what is your comfort level, what is your confidence level, those imply emotions. Those imply, hey, I feel good about this or you know, I feel confident about that. So I think that uh, pay attention to how you say it. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. That's yeah, really good. That is good. Uh, one, one benefit that I've seen or a symptom that's positive uh, that it lets me know I'm living from my values is when I see somebody that behaves in a way that I disagree with or that's different than mine, I'm not suspicious about that and thinking that there's a character defect in them. I just recognize, oh, we just value different things right now. You know? I think that is so, so like, great. I like to, um, you know, I'm, my preference is to leave work at five o'clock every day. Theirs, they'd rather get in at 10 o'clock, right? That's not right or wrong. That is, we just value we different value things. Different and things. so when somebody is behaving differently, if I can just take a step back and go, oh, I, I need to figure out what they value because it just sounds like we've got a values difference right now. And I think a lot of workplace conflict is, if you really think about it, is just two leaders or two peers who have different values, and maybe they don't know how to communicate that they have different values, and one value is not better than another value. Well, your example about what time you come into work or what time you leave, I, I've seen in my career and role is where lots of sort of department managers get into power struggles because they begin to attribute work ethic or output or productivity with that, which Sometimes may be the case, but if you really peel back the layer and you really get to employee engagement and contribution and those kinds of things, I think all of this work that we've done from home in the past nine plus months has revealed to organizations that employees can still be highly productive and highly engaged and maybe even more so. And so it's kind of blown that model up a little bit. Yeah. And throw laundry in, you know, <laughs> yeah, on the right. way to the... Teleconference. I think a great example, I've just listened to a book this last year uh, called Disney's Land, right? Telling the whole story of how Walt Disney started Walt Disney World. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I mean, I did an internship when I was there in college. And so I've kind of followed that company and like hearing stories about it. And so, you know, when Walt Disney started the Walt Disney Company, they had very specific ways they wanted the cast members to behave and to look. Okay, so when I did my internship day one, I show up down there, I get this handbook that literally has drawings of acceptable men's hairstyles, right? And yeah. the women, you're playing a role, had drawings, right? Of here's, here's how long your hair can be. I remember them saying that an earring can be no bigger than a quarter and all this kind of stuff, oh, right? So they wow. had very strict rules on the way they wanted people to look. But there was one exception. And the one exception was the team called the Imagineers, the ones who were creating all the magic. And so those artists and engineers, uh, all those things, that, that was just thrown out the window because Walt realized, I can't attract the talent that I want to produce what I'm going to value for the customer experience here, or the guest experience by having these rules. And so I can make the popcorn vendor have sideburns no longer than one inch, but I cannot make the person who's creating Splash Mountain, uh, I cannot place that 
that uh, that expectation on them. And so just him adapting his values, just going, hey, they're going to value a little bit more creative uh, freedom. And so my value of conformity, or maybe that's not even the right word, but uh, my value of organization and this team uniform, if you will, that we're all going to wear, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, let go of that value because of, because I, and, and I'm going to let their value of them being uh, free to express whatever they want to in the way they look. And I just think that's, that's an interesting example. It's a good example of where values can appear to clash on, on the like consistency versus innovation, right? If you have two people coming at it from, but you know, how can those two values live together? Yep. And, and there was a way to make it work. Yeah. And they made it work, and uh, and that's why they were able to create the happiest place on earth and, and be so successful, right? Because they, they all valued the guest experience, and so it was a way for them to work within that. Well, and I to, you brought up a point that made me think of, I think it's Donald Miller that talks about um, doing your values and then ranking them, because at some point, they clash. And you have to figure out which value is most important to you. And in that case, his most important value is creativity. Yep. It's more important than conformity. That's right. And so you can see where your values, you can have values that conflict, uh, for example, in decision-making. I want freedom and flexibility, but I also want security or whatever. And now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, which value is more important? Yep. And so there's there's some a ranking that you can also do. That's right. Okay. So just to summarize where we've been with all this, uh, we think there's some problems with core values. <laughs> and the problem is, they oftentimes are overcomplicated. Uh, people will make it sound like they don't ever change. They do change. Uh, they make it sound like there's one set of values that you have for every area of your life. We would reject that notion and go, no, you have multiple values for multiple areas of life. Uh, there are some good clues when you're not living by them, and some of them are the negative emotions that you might feel, the angst, the lack of comfort. There are some indications when you are living by your values. You see some harmony. You uh, There's maybe less conflict. Again, emotionally, you're feeling better. So let's wrap this up, and uh, and I hope all that's helpful and, again, produces a sigh of relief for some people and just helps clarify some things. So let's do this. Cynthia, uh, what do you want leaders to do? What should they do with this now? Because we don't want them to ignore core values, but we're also not telling them to go do the four-hour exercise. So what? how would you summarize? What What should a leader do? Yeah. Well, and I, I started this when we were having a conversation offline, just saying, I think the most important thing is to do something. There you go. It, it is, it's to, if, if whatever we're telling you is overcomplicated and you feel like I can't even do that, it's to sit down and then pick out a few words that you value. It's, it's to have something. Because once you have something, and I heard this when I was reading or I read this uh, yesterday, is that doing your values is a lifelong thing. It's an every year, hey, are my values still the same? It's looking at those. And so I think the most important thing is to have something, however you get there. If you get there with with our few tips and tricks here, great. But if you want to go deeper, great. And so to me, the most important thing is to do something. Say, I'm going to spend I think 15 minutes. I mean, yeah, it may take you longer, but just start. I'm going to spend 15 minutes on this That's this right. week. Yeah, I love that. Do something. So Jeff, what would you encourage a leader to do? Well, I think the gift of adversity helps us get really clear about what's most important to yeah, us. And so it, it, I've just heard a lot of people really grappling with what's important. And so seize the opportunity, build upon what Cynthia is saying, and then maybe talk about it with somebody else. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I'm struggling with. I don't think these things are aligned and how I'm living out my life or how I'm, you know, the role that I'm playing in my company and what I really want to do is, and then just 
lean into that and and explore with somebody. Yeah, I, I like that. I love this. Do something. I mean, I I just as was preparing for today, I wrote down eight things. Right. Of here's here's what you go do, and I like yours better. Just do something. Just do something. And so, if I was going to add, uh, here's one thing to do. And so, this goes back to the episode where you said, just print the papers out and staple them, right? Like, that's just the first step to go <laughs> right. do, which I love that. So, here's one thing. We'll, we'll provide a link to this in the show notes. Um, but just go to uh, Brene Brown's website. She has this great one, like this list of 200 words. And it's called her, just her list of values, right? Very, very uh, creative name. In her book, Dare to Lead, she put this in there. It's free. And I know that sometimes with something like this, even just looking at a blank page is overwhelming because it's like, well, there's millions of words to choose from. Well, she just said, no, choose from these 200, right? And so just print it out. That'd be, that'd be just step out. one. Step one. And if you want to get a pen, that's awesome. Or if you want to get a highlighter or if you just want to use, you know, dip your finger in the coffee and just kind of hot, you stain the, the sheet of paper, whatever it is you want to do. But just start to put some stars next to some of these and go just, just to increase some vocabulary to go, these are some of the things I think I value. So that would be one thing that you could go do is just print this out and just put a star next to a few a few words. So Yeah, I think that's great. And then if I could add one step, it's like, hey, put some stars and then say, I'm going to spend five minutes tomorrow kicking out some of those yep. and, and, and narrowing, narrowing it down, it down yeah. and trying to get down to a handful. Yep. That's good. And keep the list handy. Maybe print out seven or eight copies because as we said, every year, every six months, they may change, right? right? They may change. And you don't have to go get a tattoo, right? Is that what you I hear you say? You don't have to tattoo no, it. No, no you don't. And, uh, you don't have to put them in your LinkedIn profile, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, uh, you don't have to put them on your website or whatever it or is. Or your resume. Or your resume. But it would be good to know how to communicate them. You do have a good idea, or it would be helpful to have a good idea on how to do that. So anyway, I hope that's helpful to folks. You guys have any final thoughts? I, you know, I just think to, um, you know, once you get clear on those words, then process, talk about and process them. Yeah. If you're into journaling or writing, and I've, I've encouraged people that are creative to like illustrate or paint or draw anything you can to really explore what those words mean to you, I think would be helpful. Uh, the one thing that I was thinking, and, and this is another to do, so don't be overwhelmed by it, but um, I think it's really important to have family values and for everyone to, to get to contribute to that so that as a family, you know what's important to you. That's good. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, those that are uh, yeah leading at home, that's a great exercise to go and do as well. It'll help you make all kinds of decisions, everything exactly. from where are we going to go eat and what's our vacation going to be and uh, how are we going to spend our weekends. Those can be very, very helpful conversations as well. So guys, great conversation today. Good to be with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Here's What I'm Seeing. If you found today's episode helpful, would you do us a favor and please rate and review the show? That'll help great people like you continue to find us Today's episode, as always, was mixed and edited by the amazing team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.